everyone. This is episode 590 of the Pixelated Sausage Podcast for Friday, February 15th, 2019. Today I'm going to talk about Crackdown 3, Bohemian Rhapsody, and I guess more movies, and probably some Just Cause 3. And only those things, because if it doesn't rhyme with the number 3, can't talk about it. Not on this episode, at least. So I'm going to get right to it and talk about Crackdown 3. Uh, so I played about three hours of Crackdown 3. Thanks to Game Pass, I did the trial, the two months for two bucks promotion going on right now. Because uh, they let people who already did the promotion when it first launched, uh, do it again. I think they reset it or whatever a while ago, but I was waiting until there was a reason to do so. And Crackdown 3's release was the perfect excuse to do it again. I, I previously did it for Sea of Thieves. And there are some other games included that I'll get around to checking out as well, like Below and Absolver and that other one that's like Dark Souls with the like marionette people. I forget what it's called. Um, but Crackdown 3. I'm, I, I feel like I've said the name of the game a thousand times already. It is, for better or worse, more Crackdown. And I'm okay with that. The thing is, I've never been a huge fan of Crackdown. I enjoyed the Crackdown games and I had a lot of fun playing them with my father back in the day, but I was never one who who loved the series or specifically loved the first one. I enjoyed my time with it, but I didn't think it was fantastic or some amazing game. I thought it was a good time, but not without its issues, like with the, the camera and some other stuff, but I enjoyed it because I like that kind of loop of collecting crap to and seeing your character, your avatar, increase in their abilities and become stronger and be able to do more things and cooler things and watching as the cars level up and get all decked out. I'm a sucker for that kind of crap. And that is what Crackdown 3 offers the same old same old which is good and bad like i said i haven't messed around with the multiplayer which i'm assuming is live there there are two different versions of the game uh, or two different separate uh, files and launchers so if you want to play the multiplayer there, there might be an option in the main menu for the single player but they are two separate games on your hard drive which is an interesting way of splitting it up. And, and maybe at some point they'll sell them separately or the multiplayer will go free to play in some kind of weird way. I don't know because it, it uh, the multiplayer is definitely where the game will have legs if it has legs because once you finish the single player, I don't see it being a game I'll have much enjoyment or find much enjoyment in when I have collected all the orbs, because that's basically what I've been doing for the 
uh, a few hours I've put into it. Uh, I've collected a fair amount of orbs. I'm at around level 4 with all my character abilities outside of the driving one because driving is a waste of time. There's, there's no point in playing uh, or in driving around in Crackdown 3. Not that the driving feels bad, which isn't to say it feels good. It's it's fine. It's serviceable. It's I'll say it's a little bit better than Just Cause 3 is driving, but that's not saying much, and it's not by a lot. Uh, though I haven't messed around with the agency cars that can jump around and drive on buildings and all that, because I'm still pretty early on in the game, but I've collected a lot of orbs. I have done a lot of the, I guess, act, I don't know, activities or whatever, because I've skipped every cutscene after the first few because it was very easy to learn early on that the story was taking itself a bit too seriously and wasn't having as much fun with itself as I would have liked the first opening cutscene is kind of fun but then once Terry Crews gets dead which I'm wondering how that cutscene plays out if you play as Terry Crews in the game because you can play as him in the single player and when you see him get vaporized in the opening cutscene, I wonder if it's, is it a different model? What's going on there? That's weird. Even though I think you all get vaporized and just one of you gets less vaporized and they reanimate your body. Not reanimate your body, but they, you know, whatever, pump you full of stem cells or some crap and your body grows back and you're the only agent left. The story doesn't matter. It never has. I, I'm tempted at times to turn the dialogue volume all the way down to zero so I never have to hear the agent, dude, guy, narrator, what have you, or the woman ever say anything to me ever because everything they say is garbage and it's not ever funny or charming or interesting or, or worthwhile. Uh, they might have told me at times some things that are related to the gameplay and the structure of it. I don't care. I've, it's a very easy game to just figure out on your own. There are things on the map. You can open up the map and you see, oh, here's a, a base or whatever that you need to take down, take down, and it'll give you a percentage of how likely it is for you to do it, which is based on some kind of math. I don't know where they get their numbers from. I'm just guess, I'm guessing it has to do with the number of enemies and the the weapons they have and, and what have you the 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 quantity and quality of the enemies which will drop as you take out weaker bases and whatnot I guess but you're free to just play it however you want you can go after a hard base right away if you want doesn't matter uh, you might die who cares and it's nice that in missions where you have to destroy objects, if you destroy them and get killed, they don't reset. They're still destroyed. So like in Just Cause 3, you're not losing that progress, which is nice. And you can also use that to your advantage. And instead of having you know, to refill ammo, you can just die and get a full batch of ammo. Though finding ammo in the game is very easy, especially on the bases. There's always a bunch of little things that you can pick up. Uh, there are these towers that you climb to get to 
these little bonus chests full of orbs for all your abilities, I believe. But those are fun to climb, and I, I do appreciate that they have checkpoints on them. So if you fall off of them, you can restart at the last checkpoint you hit, which is nice. If that, if that wasn't the case, that would be pretty frustrating. I'm not a fan of the controls and the fact that you can't remap specific buttons because there are things... There are choices in the controls that I don't like to enter and exit vehicles. You hold the left bumper, and I wish I could press Y, which just feels more natural. Um, the grenade button is the right bumper, and the left bumper tapping it is reload. I wish I could switch those, but there's no way of doing that because... If you there's a way where you can switch those, I believe, where the the left bumper will be grenade and right bumper will be the uh, reload. But then that is only applicable when you also have the lock on triggers switch, so that the right trigger would then be the lock on. I don't want that. So there, there's no way there there are only four control schemes and. A, I'm not a big fan of any of them. Not that they're terrible, but I would like some ability to change it a bit more freely. Uh, I wish every game had that ability because it's just nice to be able to make the game feel uh, as good as it can for you. Uh, if you have certain preferences or certain ways of playing that just feel better with you. I I think maybe you could do that with the elite controller with all the buttons not just the bumpers not just the the back paddles but i don't know and i'm not i'm not that into crackdown 3 or i i know i'm not going to play crackdown 3 so much that i need to create a specific control scheme just for it and like i said it's not terrible the controls are fine for the most part i just wish i could change a few bits and boots about it but outside of that, I'm enjoying it. Uh, you know, I, I would have liked to see some advancement in the game because it really is just the same old, same old. It feels like a direct sequel and one that hasn't, that wasn't made with the knowledge of all the games that have come since. You know, it feels somewhat like a launch title for this generation. It doesn't look terrible. It looks like a mid-generation game. Uh, it reminds me of Agents of Mayhem visually, and it, it's it's fine. It, it's not the best looking game by any means, but it's not the worst at all. Yeah, and and anyone who would say it looks just like Crackdown One should replay Crackdown One because, you know, aesthetically, sure, they're similar, but it, it's definitely better looking. Um, but I do wish. It would have learned from some games that have come out since, specifically the Middle Earth games. I remember playing the first Middle Earth game and thinking, I, I don't know if Crackdown 3 was already announced at that point, but I remember thinking this kind of system, the Nemesis system, would be so perfect for a game like Crackdown. Because uh, it just makes so much sense with all these different gang leaders and you know the sub-bosses, if you will. It would it would fit so perfectly, and yet it's not there. It's just the generic same setup as it was in the first game, where you defeat some of their bases or whatever, and then they'll come out of hiding, and then you kill them, and then you move on to another one. Uh, 
and that's fine. But the way they're set up in the menu where you can look at them is so reminiscent of the Nemesis system that I just feel like I'm being like it, like it's being shoved in my face that it's not there. And I hate the fact that the Nemesis system isn't in more games in general. Uh, I think it's such a ingenious idea. And it's implemented so well in the Middle Earth games and gives those games something very unique that, that makes them special. And I wish more games would steal it. I remember thinking when I first played that game <laughs> that so many games are going to steal. Like we're going to see the Nemesis system in so many games. And we haven't seen the Nemesis system in any game that I can think of, which is really frustrating. And maybe that's a testament to how challenging it is slash was to implement that system, to create it and put it to good use. You know, I don't know. Uh, it seems like it's a somewhat complicated system. It's a very fascinating system. It, it makes a game that otherwise would be pretty generic and just okay a million times more interesting and I would love to see it in more games especially something like Crackdown or the Just Call series if Mercenaries came back Mercenaries it, it would be perfect for a Mercenaries game the way they had their and the, specifically in the first game the the deck of cards having that and the Nemesis system well that would be so great but it just isn't meant to be and maybe it's because the Middle Earth games didn't sell super well. I don't know how well they sold, but maybe they just didn't sell well enough to warrant other companies stealing that idea. Because the way I look at the industry, it's, you know, if, if a game doesn't sell like crazy, then regardless of how cool or interesting the ideas in that game are, they're not really interested in trying to take something and improve upon it um, or, or make it their own or whatever. You know, they're just chasing after the, the big games out there like PUBG. You know, PUBG was not the first of that genre, but it was the first one that really blew up. And then, of course, we have Fortnite, which was all but dead until they decided to create the Battle Royale mode. The battle royale mode. Uh, you know, I like the survival co-op side of the game, but I don't know if anyone really plays that anymore. You know, and then we get Blackout, and we have uh, Apex Legends now, and Realm Royale, and I think there's like Cuisine Royale, and there was that Cliffy B game that came and went because they just didn't have. It was too late for them to really give it a chance to potentially thrive there are the battle royale, battle royale games on a smaller scale like the darwin project and the culling which is <laughs> terrible was the, the culling 2 is that still out or was that pulled i can't remember if the culling 2 was out for a little bit then they took it away and just decided to update the first culling i don't know the culling is all weird and i think it's super super cheap on xbox now or it has been many times or it's now free to play and they're trying to still keep it going but that was a, a bit of a mess and of course we have 
Battlefields Battle Royale game that is coming at some point, and maybe there'll be a Halo Battle Royale game. Uh, who knows? Uh, eventually, it has to stop, though, right? A Gears of War Battle Royale mode would not work, I think. Given how the game plays, I just don't see how that would translate to Battle Royale. But, uh, yeah, I wish more games would take that. Specifically, Crackdown 3. Though it is kind of funny going from Just Cause 3 to Crackdown 3 just because I find myself more than a few times wanting to use my grappling hook, which is non-existent in Crackdown 3. And that's not so much a problem, it's just kind of funny because they're, they're both games where movement on foot or through the air makes a lot more sense than using a vehicle or whatnot. It's much quicker and feels a lot better and it's just more fun. You know, they're just, they're different. And I wonder if when I go back to Just Cause 3, I'll be wanting to be able to jump significant distances and, you know, be able to climb up things and pick up cars and throw shit. Uh, if it's just going to be this weird back and forth where I wish this game had things from the other game and I wish this one had stuff from the other one. Who knows? Who knows? But I'm enjoying my time with Crackdown 3. And I'm going to look forward to trying out co-op with my pops. And I'm excited to mess around with the multiplayer. Even though I don't know if it's something I would want to play for a long time. I think it's something that I might play and be amused by the gimmickry of it all. And the destructibility of the environments. But... It might be such a crazy, hectic mess that in the long run, I'll look at it and think, well, this is just a mess. Things are blowing up everywhere. You have the lock-on feature, so it's not as skill-based. Just like a, a, a mode to goof around in, I guess. I kind of look at it as. But uh, other than that, haven't really played much of Anything else, though, um, I have watched some stuff, of course. And one of the movies I watched earlier today was Bohemian Rhapsody. I figured I'd give it a fair shot and see if I would maybe like it. I did not. I think Bohemian Rhapsody is a bad movie. I think it is a made-for-TV music biopic that is of mid-range quality that just so happened to have gotten a very large budget. I do think Rami Malek's performance is pretty good. I still think the overbite is exaggerated more so than in real life. There's just something that's off about it. Whether it's too exaggerated or that Rami Malek's actual bone structure is one where his lower jaw is more pronounced and extended than his upper jaw so that they really had to push it out even more to get him that overbite. Like, I don't know what his facial structure is like outside of this. I can't think of it off the top of my head, but I think he has like 
not maybe an underbite, but close to one. I don't know. I I feel like there's something weird about his jaw already in general. So that this just emphasized that even more. But that's a small nitpick. Bigger nitpick is that the way it, the portrayal of everything is it leaves a lot to be desired. It, it paints all the band members in wonderful light. Uh, but really, my biggest problem with the movie is something I noticed or, or I saw in a tweet about the editing. And then it just drove me nuts the whole time while watching the movie is how many fast like the movie is just fast cutting like crazy. And what I mean by this is that there are, there are so many quick cuts in the span of one minute. I, I timed three random minutes in the movie. And the first minute, there were 30 cuts in that one minute span. The second minute, there were 42 cuts. And then the third minute, there were 31 cuts, which is a lot of cuts in a, in a single minute where they're just cutting back and forth for seemingly no reason uh, to show like a quick reaction and then jump to this person's reaction and then this one's reaction. There are better ways to handle that. It gets, it just, for me, it may, it gives me a headache. I can't take it. It's, it's very um, overwhelming and exhausting. And, uh, and some of the cuts are so stupid. There was a cut in the 42 cut minute where they just zoomed in a smidgen on the same person who was talking during a press conference. And there's no point for that. There was no need for that. They didn't cut in so close that it really emphasize this person talking. They just were like, oh, maybe just in case it's a little hard for you to see this person, let's zoom in the camera a little bit. And it was a cut. It wasn't like they, it wasn't like a steady cam or something, which was really annoying. That that whole press conference scene was crap. Um, but yeah, it just, it felt like, a, a, a shitty movie or, or like I don't know like a, a average movie that was elevated by its budget which is probably because it was Queen about Queen I was mildly amused by Mike Myers larger than a cameo cameo in it and the line where he says when he hears Bohemian Rhapsody in it he's one of the like he's one of the some music studio exec. And after listening to Bohemian Rhapsody, he eventually says something along the lines of no there no kids in a car are ever going to want to, you know, bob their head to this song. And of course, the referencing Wayne's World and the famous scene that brought Queen to another era of people. I'm pretty sure that's probably where I first was introduced to Queen. And I think a lot of people my age were introduced to them as well. They also have a, a scene where they play Super Freak. And I knew it was going to be Super Freak. But I always, I, every time I hear the beginning of that song, 
I always like if I was in a group or in like a in a in a room full of a bunch of people, I wish there was a way to tell like if there was just some notification above everyone's head what song people think is being played. Cause there's gonna be there's a there's a point where people think that song is super freak or it's you can't touch this. And I don't know. I think that there's something amusing about that when you you hear that song, the opening, depending on what radio station you're listening to or, or what have you, you have a, a an idea of which song you're actually going to hear because you can't you don't know right from the beginning, uh, which is funny. I also watched Kung Fu Killer, which was Donnie Yen and a handful of other recognizable faces and it's about this killer who's killing a bunch of kung fu masters and it was melodramatic crap with a few good fight scenes and some not so great fight scenes and some bad fighting via cgi or fighting under like cgi trucks as they're driving by it was not as good as i was hoping it would be which is disappointing. Um, I'll probably watch Kill Zone next. I thought I was watching Kill Zone, but I was watching Kung Fu Killer. But uh, I also watched All That Jazz and Midnight Cowboy, which are two movies that have been added to my holy shit, these are overrated. Not pieces of shit. One of them is not a piece of shit. The Midnight Cowboy is fine whatever i don't really i didn't find it to be all that amazing i th- I thought some of the direction and, and whatnot was pretty heavy-handed and, and not to my fancy and the performances were fine but i i didn't care about either of the characters and it felt very slow in a bad way i, w- I was kind of waiting for it to eventually end i do find it amusing that i think it was Dustin Hoffman's movie immediately after The Graduate, and both movies end on a bus, except in Midnight Cowboy he dies. <laughs> Spoilers, but I just I thought it was funny that he died on it. Not it's not funny that he died. I just thought it was funny that they both end on a bus, except one. It's like oh, it's kind of hopeful, and then they realize oh, and on this one, it's kind of hopeful. It's going to Florida, but then he dies. So both are like hopeful. And then they're dead. One's literally dead. And one's dead on the inside. Oh. And then All That Jazz, I think, is a piece of shit. I hate that movie so much. I guess if you're a big Broadway fan or you're a big theater person and you're into that kind of shit, you'll like it. I don't know. I don't have anything against theater. Or or maybe... I thought I didn't until I watched all that jazz, but I, I hated the structure of it and the way it was presented and these bits of fantasy where he's talking to who the hell, I don't know. This autobiographical dribble, drivel, ugh, I could not take it. And, and it's too bad because there are a few moments in the movie where it's playing it a bit more normal that I don't mind when it's with his daughter and his, I think that was his girlfriend, not his wife. 
I think his wife was the other one. Um, but there are a few moments in the movie that I, I really enjoyed. But then it just is like this weird fucking thing that maybe if I was tripping balls or something, I'd enjoy it. But I, I really did not like it. I was surprised by how much I did not like it. I finished it too because I just wanted to see how this train wreck of a movie was going to turn out. But I'm in the minority with both of those, which is fine. I'm used to that. They can go alongside Deer Hunter, which I don't think is all that great. I'm not a huge fan of uh, Goodfellas, and I think Scarface is a piece of shit. All that jazz probably belongs with Scarface. Because Goodfellas, I'm like, it's okay. Deer Hunter, it's okay. I don't think they're amazing. But Scarface, I think, is a piece of crap. And I think Al Pacino in it is horrible and is overacting. I don't care if it's intentional or not, or how intentional it was, if it's more than it was intended to be. I don't care. It sucks, and it it ruins so much of the movie. Not that I think the, the rest of the movie, or the, the movie itself would have been better if he had toned it down. I don't know, because it's so distracting in all the worst ways. Um, but yeah, that's... That's pretty much it for this year episode. So I think I'm gonna I'm gonna end it there. Sound good? Yeah. Looks like I'll be seeing Alita Battle Angel tomorrow. So I'll be able to talk about that. First movie I've seen in a theater since maybe Ant Man and the Wasp. It's been a while. So that'll be fun. Anywho, once again, I'm your host, Mark Krishnez. Y'all can find me on Twitter and pretty much everywhere at PX Sausage. The site is, of course, PixelatedSausage.com, where you can find this podcast, the Pixelated Paranormal Podcast, and Attack the Backlog, which are all available on podcast services across the globe, like Stitcher Radio, Google Play, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. And if you'd like to check out the video version of this here show or Attack the Backlog, you can go over to YouTube.com slash Sausage and watch them both there. And you can also find some anime reviews and what have you. And if you'd like to check out the art I make, you can go over to pxsart.com and check it all out over there. If you see something you like, click the link and it'll take you to where you can purchase a print of the piece you fancy. And if you fancy the site in general and everything that we do, please go over to patreon.com pxs and support us that way. And as always, thank you for watching or listening. I hope you enjoy this here episode, and I hope you have a wonderful, wonderful rest of your day and an absolutely lovely weekend.